You said you weren't going to do that again. Said I wasn't going to do that again. Well, that's the <laughs> intro, everybody. Our guest today is uh, Babs Meyer. She's on the other line. Say hello, Babs. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Now, we have a, a standard procedure, which you are aware of, but this is a special episode. I want to start out by discussing what went wrong the last time we recorded a podcast. <laughs> I thought we'd agreed never to speak of that again. I think we said we weren't going to, but I don't know if we like reached a full agreement, which is certainly one that we both intended to comply with. Uh, we don't actually have to do that. I will say this no, is going to be fine. a light podcast. Last time we did a heavy podcast and it wasn't enough fun to justify the sadness it would have given the listener. It, it, was, it was so heavy that it, it was too heavy for the internet. It was too heavy for the internet, but also a great combination of sometimes the most boring stuff you've ever heard. I had some weird topics that didn't go anywhere, and then it got heavy as shit, and then it got deleted, and everyone's better off. But now, so it's been an awkward position for you where you're mostly, you know the experience of being a Sauce Talk guest. That's the name of the podcast. I don't think I said it, Sauce Talk. Uh, But you haven't haven't technically been a guest because your episode never came into existence. (laughs) So, but now, now it's real. Now you're really on. Welcome, welcome to the the inner circle of the family. Obviously, our millions of listeners who have not been on. That's they're part of the family too, but they're they're, they're lesser family. You're now in the immediate family. Welcome on. That's a real honor to be here. And I'm very I'm very happy about this. The honors only continue because now you get to answer the most honors of questions. Eat anything good lately? I did. Um, so. We have mostly been either cooking at home or I've been eating this horrible but filling nutritional sludge called Huel. So, because I guess I'm some kind of Silicon Valley asshole who just eats fake food because it's a lot easier than cooking. But every once in a while, we'll get takeout from someplace local. And um, for Easter, I ordered this enormous pie from a local bakery. And it's called a monster pie. I think I sent you a picture of it. I did get a picture of this. It looked amazing. It's a really, it was a really good pie. So, and what struck me about the pie was, so the monster pie, they, they it had four different pie offerings for Easter. And the monster pie was one quarter of each of their pie offerings all next to, you know, in a circle on the pie plate. So if you could not decide between pies or if like some other sauce talk guests, you were going to a barbecue, which obviously none of us are because we're all being very responsible citizens. But hypothetically, in the future, if you're going to go to a barbecue, you can get a monster pie because that way you can satisfy the people who want, you know, some kind of zingy citrus pie. There was one quarter that was like key lime meringue with lemon curd. And then there was a straight up fruit pie quarter, which was peach blueberry with a lavender crumble on top. And then you can also get into your, um, if there's some asshole who likes, I don't know, peanut butter, silk, I think that's what this pie was. It was like peanut butter, coconut, caramel. I'm interested in that, yes. And then the other quarter, the last quarter, was a carrot cake pie. It's always interesting to try to see people take a cake and turn it into a pie. And I think that they did a really good job because whatever they made the crust out of it was like a pressed cookie crust but i think it also had like caramel holding it together and it was one of the most delicious things i've ever eaten in my life and then the rest of it is just like redundant after that there might have been a shred of carrot in there somewhere like a like a king cake <laughs> you just find the, the one <laughs> and you win the game <laughs> but it didn't matter because the crust was so good it sounds great now i will have to i do have to comment on one thing you said you say it's always interesting <clears throat> to see someone turn a cake into a pie, but I'm pretty sure the reviews said it was the worst David Blaine special ever. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I, I've seen the picture. It looked amazing. Is it okay? If, if, can I accompany this podcast with that, that picture? I think I'd like everybody to see it. Of course. And in the totally unlikely event, any of you are ever in Springfield, um, hit up Three Tweaks Bakery. Those are the people who made the monster pie and it was amazing. And Warren and I, Jane didn't want any at all. She was totally uninterested in this pie. So Warren and I, together, over the course of several days, ate an entire pie by ourselves. Advantageous. Um, As soon as I say that, I have a prediction. Someone, Pat Polk, will object to this pie. I I bet on, on some sort of like either ethical or like experiential grounds. With you know, they're, they're, I will say, Pat, if you're listening, this I don't know how you are with food touching, but if you have 
problem with food touching, the pies did touch, the quarters touched. And so, you know, on your peach blueberry lavender pie, there would be like a small swipe of the peanut butter caramel coconut pie. And I am usually, I grew up very pick, a very picky kid, total weirdo about things touching. And it didn't bother me because the pies themselves were so good. But that is, that is one flaw, potential flaw with pies, if that's something that the monster pie. I'm excited to see what people think. I, I think it's a great idea. I'd love to see more of it because, especially when you talk about this situation here, the two of you largely consuming it, boy, is that a better option than day six of whatever. Oh yeah. To be able to mix it up and see everything that this place does well. Right. And 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 no extravagant expense or waste. Right. And you don't, you don't necessarily know which of the pies is going to be the best. Sure. Um, because this place, they don't have like a regular pie rotation. They're constantly experimenting, constantly, you know, mixing it up. So maybe that peach blueberry lavender pie would have been gross, but we weren't stuck with an entire peach lavender blueberry pie. And if we were able to take it to a barbecue, no one else would be stuck with that much peach lavender blueberry pie either. Pat is going to say, you buy this for home consumption, and then when you go to the barbecue, you have to commit and just buy one. That's my prediction. <laughs> there's, there's like an underlying ethical or aesthetic basis for that. Yeah, that it's, it's just a that social, the social contract is you buy the monster pie yourself to find out which ones are the optimal pies, and then you optimize and do right by the other guests at the barbecue by the best of all the possible pies that you sampled in the monster pie. You are willing to lower yourself and buy the bogus non-pie for home consumption as a favor to your friends so that then, because part of the pie experience is the argument over, well, only three of us like key lime pie and the other two think it's the worst pie there is. So what the, it's, well, now we have to figure it out. That's part of what we're supposed to do. You're subverting everything. It's not a real pie. It's four it's pieces of pie. pie. You You'd never bring individual pieces of pie to a bar. Not, I'm obviously putting words in his mouth, but they're the words he'd want to it? say, so that's a, that's a favor. Pat, did we cover it? Call in and let us know. The phone lines are open, Pat. Somewhere I feel like Pat is feeling this, like, frisson, like, somewhere <laughs> out there. Yeah. Somebody's trying to subdivide a pie. He slaps the spider on the back of his neck, but then there's nothing <laughs> there. Um, let's move on to our next uh, topic here. This is This is a very rare thing for Sauce Talk. We are recording this at 10.19 a.m. local time. Now, I was thinking, initially I was going to say I'd never recorded one of these in the morning before, but that's not true. I used to have to work, when I was a uh, reference attorney, I had to work weird shifts sometimes. And so sometimes I'd work like a noon to 8.30 shift on the phones. And so then I would sometimes record solo episodes in the morning. Uh, but I don't believe I've ever done like an actual episode with a guest in the morning, which is obviously a much a, a much bigger experience. I have to get much more excited to talk to someone rather than just <laughs> shout at the can by myself. So uh, th- th- this is exciting because I am not especially a morning person. How how do you do with mornings? I am absolutely a morning person. Yeah, I think we all knew that. One one hundred percent like. And I was kind of in denial about that for a long time because especially when you're like a teenager and in college and maybe even in law school, being a more, there's nothing cool about being a morning person at all. I mean, unless you're like super, super fit, which I am not. So if you're a morning person and you're super, super fit and you're into super, super fitness, it's like, oh, well then you can wake up at 4.30 a.m. and run your 10 miles or whatever. And I have never done that in my entire life. Um, But yeah, so I, I am a morning person. I usually wake up around six no matter what I do doesn't matter how late I was up the night before the only time that's different is when I'm sick so I wake up at six and my best hours are probably between like six and eleven and then it's just sort of like a slow decline into being a cranky asshole after (laughs) which is part of why to circle back to our uh, conversation about the lost episode that's part of why I was being such a pill because that was like like 8 p.m. is probably my worst time of day. I'm just tired. I want to go to bed. My child isn't ready to go to sleep for another hour or hour and a half because she, like Warren, is a night owl and will sleep in a really long time if you let her. Um, so that doesn't totally work for me because she no matter she doesn't nap anymore either. So she doesn't go to sleep until 8:30 at the earliest. Usually it's after nine. Doesn't matter when we put her to bed, what we do, that 
is her natural clock. So around 7.38, I start getting really like cranky and mean. <laughs> but I, so that's why I thought we should do this in the morning because then I'm like super cheerful and happy. And you know, I was, already, I, I was telling Johnny earlier, I've already watched Monsters University today. So I'm feeling like hyped <laughs> up on some of that marching band music in Monsters University. I got my cats around, drinks a two-year-old tea, feeling good. I do feel bad though. It, it seems selfish of me to take such a large portion of your functioning happy Sunday and devote it to sauce talk. I mean, that doesn't seem like the, what you should be doing with this. You should be out like saving the world from behind a mask and six feet away from everyone else. <laughs> I think people always save the world from behind masks, or at least superheroes do, don't they? Except point. for Superman. Because yep. his mask was putting on the glasses, which, <laughs> as someone who wears glasses all the time, actually totally works because if people see me without my glasses, they have no idea who I am. I think they just sort of register me as short hair and glasses, and if one of them, I guess, I wore a wig, they would not recognize me either, which is the point of a wig. Anyway, um, no, it's fine. I had a really productive cleaning day yesterday, so now this is, it's like my me time. Yeah, there you go. And I'm sorry you're devoting it to this, but I think we can have... No, no, I want my me time to be a, an all of you time as well. Oh. Everyone can have some me time this week. Everyone's time. going to enjoy the, the Barbara me time this week. It's going to be wonderful. Yes, uh, welcome to my e me time. Everybody please report back on how much you like it. <laughs> uh, how about... So you say you get up at 6. Are you a... I wake up at oh, 6. You wake up. So what, oh, tell no, me about yeah. the difference there. Well, there, sometimes... I mean, lately... Like I assume many other people, I'm having a lot of trouble like falling asleep at night lately. So if I can't go to sleep, like I'll be in bed at 9.30, but then sometimes I don't fall asleep for a really long time. So um, if I had a lot of trouble sleeping the night before, then you know, I'll wake up at six and I'll just kind of lie there like, ugh. Because you know, lately especially, you know, I wake up one morning, every morning I wake up and there's that moment that I don't remember what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, ah. Another beautiful morning. The birds are. So then I just kind of lie there and hang out, or I go downstairs and like look at my phone. Occasionally, I'll wake up and do some exercise and try to be like a super fit person. We have an exercise bike that Warren bought. Um, I don't know, maybe a year ago, and I was a total doubter at the time. I was like, "This is too big for our house, and we're never going to use this." And now that we can't leave our house some days. Uh, many days it's been really great way to go Warren that's amazing foresight I bet it's not particularly easy to buy an exercise bike right now in the middle of a pandemic either so it, it, it's good no. it's just already in your house ready to go well done just waiting for us it's, a, it's like an old spin class bike <laughs> another reason I was so skeptical of it I was like this is some cast off from I don't know soul cycle or something so it's but probably a very legit bike though Oh, it's super legit. Yeah, it's awesome. I was picturing that thing from the 70s. It's got like a fan on the front to give you resistance, <laughs> but it's not that. We had one of those when I was a kid where you could like move the arms. Yeah, and those were fun. Yeah, those were really fun for like hanging your laundry on and then playing on and getting yelled at by your parents. Yeah, my grandma had one and sometimes I'd go to her house and I would play on it. But I was like the only person who ever did a thing with it because it was just out of commission. And it was like the oldest thing in the world. In like 1994, so I can't even imagine what it actually must have been. It might have been the original one. It might be worth a great deal of money now. Uh, I, I think we can jump into our next topic because I, I do have some inside information, not to let everybody know, but I think it could be topical. Babs, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Well, I thought that because we are doing a very rare morning podcast that I would go with a breakfast sauce which really kind of limits your options. Like, so there's hollandaise, I guess. That's something people eat. You know, I feel like that's always around it, like on a Mother's Day brunch or whatever, when you go out to eat, then there's, you know, all the choking dishes or whatever, and then there's like a little thing of hollandaise. So I associate hollandaise sauce with breakfast. And then there's the gravy and biscuits and gravy. But I don't like the gravy and biscuits and gravy. So I figured maple syrup would be the sauce I would bring to the table today. So much to unpack here. Um, first off, I agree. Hollandaise is the first thing that came to mind for me as well. It's very much like the the eggs Benedict or whatever. You always have a good time with that. And then uh, I am a huge, no one will be surprised to learn, biscuits and gravy fan. But uh, now I don't eat the meat 
And so that's usually sausage gravy, big loss. But there's a place nearby that does an amazing mushroom gravy and does Ooh. the biscuits and gravy. Really comes through nicely. And then they put that with like a big, like, uh, hashed chopped potatoes things with a bunch of goat cheese on it and just a big plate. Everything mixes all together. Wonderful meal. Um, that's good. And you know what? As a non gravy fan, I feel like maybe I could handle the mushroom gravy. Yeah. That's an it, it's a different vibe. It's obviously not attempting to be anything like that other meal. And they, they also do a sausage gravy and biscuits, and you see that come out, and it looks totally different. But the mushroom gravy, I, I think, when done properly, could even be my preference at this point. But the main focus here must be maple syrup. Now, this is not, this is not sauce definitions talk. This is sauce talk. A reconfident maple syrup is a sauce. It has to be based on any definition you could write, but it also feels weird to say, what sauce do you like maple syrup? Yeah, because it, because we don't have it categorized. I mean, ketchup is a sauce, right? Yes. But we don't, I, don't, I don't mentally categorize ketchup as a sauce, but it, it, whatever criteria you want to come up with for a sauce that don't include it feels like a sauce. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think maybe it's just part of it is because what we, of what we call these things. This is deemed a sauce. It's all just labels, man. If we just work, write sauce at the end, yeah. Just labels, man, to keep us divided. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, I think that maple syrup is definitely a sauce. What are you, so do you, I'm, I have some guesses as to what you're going to say here, but are you a 100% real maple syrup person? Do you like the Aunt Jemima fake stuff? Or are you cool with both, or where do you stand here? Um, I grew up with the Aunt Jemima fake stuff. Same. So that is, if, like, I go to, you know, if I were to go to a pancake breakfast or whatever, or if I go out to, like, IHOP, which hasn't happened in a long time. But if I did, or OHOP, the original. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, God. Ugh. Just going to think about that for a second and how how great it would be if I could go to an OHOP. Anyway. Um, so if you go there and there's, you know, the Aunt Jemima or whatever, and it's in a little carafe, that's fine. I'm not going to be like, bring me, bring me your finest <laughs> Vermont grade A. Just reach into your purse. Yeah, exactly. I've got my little, <laughs> my little bottle I'll bring around. I used to have honey in my purse, actually. Warren got me this little, like, you know, the little bear-shaped bottles? Oh, yeah. Like so that I, used to, I used to keep honey in my purse. Um, but now I never leave my house, so I don't have to do that anymore. Um yeah, so if that's there, that's totally fine. But if you've got Vermont's finest grade A dank shit, that's fine too. I'll eat that as well. I, I agree completely. It's all very good. Um, at this point, I, I would say there's no scenario in which if I had both had access to both, I would choose the non-super legit uh, syrup. That's what that that is my preference. But like you say, it, it's all really good. And if somebody's handing me the other one, and they're saying eat these pancakes, I'm gonna say okay and do it with you know a big smile yes. on my face. I, I will fill the waffle compartment with that syrup. That will be fine. I think in our fridge we have it's it it purports to be the 100% Vermont grade A maple shit, but it also came from Aldi. And the Aldi of today, of course, is not at all like the very like East German feeling Aldi of our youth, which is like oppressive and the fruit snacks were always misshapen and like the oranges were always moldy. <laughs> I just want to die when I go in there. Aldi now is great, but I am still skeptical. <laughs> I don't know that their maple syrup is actually 100% from a tree in Vermont. Like there might be some, some corn syrup in there and that's okay. That's, that's okay. absolutely a thing. There is far too wide a range of prices in things <laughs> claiming to be the real maple syrup. Even if you go to like, not like the fanciest place, but like a, a good grocery store, a good solid high end grocery store, they'll be like, well, this one cost nine fifty for the little thing. And this one's 19 and they're both, the same. it's like, you one of you guys is oh, fucking. Great. I don't know who it is. And they, they both say great. Yeah, they, they, just, they both claim to be from the same place. Everything. It's like either one of these is way too high, or one of these is not what it claims to be. Yeah, and, and I, I assume there has to be some degree of like, at the very least, adulteration, if not outright piracy, like there is with olive oil. Olive oil, we always hear, is just impossible to buy correctly. Right. It, that's 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 what we hear, and I so I assume that that's true, and it. it Something like that has to be going on with maple syrup. Like, grade A, I think, actually, it doesn't refer to, like, the quality or how 
how tasty or legit or whatever it is. I think that just means that it's a certain color, like a certain color and consistency. But I did zero research for this podcast, so I just couldn't completely wrong about that. This information you're giving me is beyond what I've ever known. So <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know the thing about the color. It does. I'm curiously taking notes. Like, oh, this is, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to call in. Uh, <laughs> that folk will let us know how we're wrong. No, I could just That could just be a drop, but I could just put in at all the points where I fuck up in every episode. Yeah, but, you should do that every podcast. You need a segment where... So you like play the rough cut for Pat and then he tells you everything that's wrong and then you just like append that to the end. Like at the end of those old Magic School Bus episodes. Yes. Which I don't know about because I've been, I was actually too old for the Magic School Bus when it aired, but now Jane is super, super into it. So, and I love those segments at the end where these little like, they're like Martin Prince from The Simpsons. Like, well, actually, yeah. teacher, you know, the children cannot shrink down to microscopic yeah. size. Your body would not actually like it if your school bus rode around. You'd have a lot of problems. So don't. No, do no. Yes. Even if your mom was a doctor like Ralphie in the episode where it's actually. Very top of mind for me in that school bus. So, anyway, yeah, someone, someone let us know. <laughs> I want someone to let us know. How wrong I am. But I also think this could be an opportunity. We had the blind ranch dressing taste test. We could full-on double-blind taste maple syrup. Now, the out-of-pocket expense will be very high compared to the ranch dressing test. I don't think there's one of those that was more than $6 that I bought. (laughs) But uh, I am kind especially if I could limit it to like three and try to get a range. And I'm going to eat this maple syrup eventually. I kind of like this idea. And then we could really... Truly, although maybe this won't work because maybe it's just the color thing and you'll pour them and it'll instantly be obvious seeing them next to each other that some of these are more grade A than the others or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking if you do that, though, if you do the uh, this blind taste test, I don't know if you can get it anywhere but where they grow it, but there's this, like, really old maple grove just north of Springfield. It's called Funk's Grove, and they're really famous for their maple syrup. So I'm curious to see... If, because you would think coming from this hyper local, very old source, that this maple syrup would be legit, like it's guaranteed to be legit. Um, I don't know how true that is, but it would be interesting to get that in the mix as well and see if you had like a really good Vermont one and then that one, if there, if it's like wine, the differences based on the soil. Or if it would like taste especially good to me and you because we're from downstate Illinois. Right. But then somebody (laughs) from New York eats is like, this is fucking shit. What the fuck? Tastes like a horizon. <laughs> it. Um, I like this idea a lot. I also like the addendum of if people have local ones, what you should do, they're probably like hard to get and expensive. So you just go get it and send it to me. <laughs> and I'll include it in the test as a favor to you. And then uh, don't worry if the test never happens and I just enjoy a bunch of free maple syrup. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think we've covered... Thank you for your excellent sauce contribution. I think this is one of our stronger segments. Uh, I really enjoy maple syrup. I guess, no, I'm not done with that. Let's go back in a little bit more. What besides pancakes slash waffle, is there anything you're getting the maple syrup out for? Oh, uh, Brussels sprouts. Brussels So is that like the roasting thing? Like you put them in there first? Yeah, well, it depends. So some of the recipes that I've used for roasting sprouts and then involving maple syrup somehow, um, you just add it at the end. Like there's this one where I think you just roast it in – oh, no, that's the one where you roast it in bacon fat. But you can also just use use olive oil. It doesn't matter. Um, And then – so you roast them in just the fats. And then at the end, you mix up balsamic vinegar and um, maple syrup, like a little vinegar and more syrup, and then you drizzle that on them. And so that can be really good, but I kind of prefer to put the maple syrup in like midway through mm-hmm. roasting because that way it's not going to burn, but it does very, it just like adds that, you know, caramelized quality to it. Just, just a little bit more than would be other or otherwise. And it's really good. Yeah, that sounds great. I have had uh, maple based Brussels sauce, but I've never thought to make it. But as you say, especially if you're just adding it halfway through, cause you're going to need to cut the hell out of those guys. Um, I don't see why that shouldn't be a big success. That sounds really tasty. And you can, I think, I've, I've used maple syrup for other salad dressings too, like particularly in the fall. You know, you want to get your like roasted squash cubes in there and you want to get like some 
apple that you cut up and some pecans. You like hit up the fall farmer's market and just like go through and buy all the fall stuff. And then for the salad dressing, you can just do some like maple syrup with some, if you, ha- if you can get like pecan oil, that's good eating. So you like mix that up with a little maple syrup. Apple cider vinegar, it is the most fall thing you could possibly imagine. Sort of just like sprinkling pumpkin spice on it and then pouring the pumpkin spice latte all over the top. Both options sound great. I think I'm going to stick with the first one. But yeah, I really like the sound of that. Um, maple syrup, more versatile than we perhaps immediately yeah. say, you know, especially when you're just looking for alternative uh, sweeteners. And not just I dumped a bunch of sugar, I went and got a bunch of weird Splenda and dumped it in there. I think you can do better. And maple syrup is often going to be your answer, get you that uh, exciting caramel color consistency. Um Let's do one more morning segment. Uh, where do you stand on a, in a normal day, a normal work day? You get up, you wake up at six. Uh, what is your <laughs> what is your breakfast plan for that day? Is it, is it nothing? Is it make something? Is it grabs? Or is it? I, I guess this could be where we talk. I did write a note here that says, "Did she say Huel as the <laughs> weird food thing she eats, like the guy from Breaking Bad?" I'm not sure if that's what it was. It um, is, yeah, it is. It's called Huel, like 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 Huel from Breaking that's, Bad. Okay, that's exactly how I spelled it when I wrote it. Only, it only has one L. One L. Breaking Bad and and Better Call Saul. Let's let's give a show a shout out to the Superior Show. Um, yeah, no. So, I guess the answer to that has changed a lot over the years. As a morning person, I always used to really like breakfast, um, and so I would eat. I don't know. It would depend. Oatmeal big fan of oatmeal, big fan of the yogurt, throw a bunch of fruit in it, um, eggs, I love eggs, pancakes, they're okay, a little more labor intensive, but like on a typical work day, it used to be I would eat um, mostly like steel cut oats or overnight oatmeal, something like that, and then um, I just, then I stopped eating breakfast, so now my breakfast is like a Red Bull. A <laughs> uh, Red Bull. And then I just, because, because as, as somebody who has a lot of natural energy in the morning, I realized like I can make it to lunch. The, the breakfast is great and I enjoy eating these steel cut oats, but I don't need to do it. Um, and I, I wanted to lose a bunch of baby weight that had turned into no longer being baby weight. It was like toddler weight and then almost preschooler weight. I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so I'll just stop eating breakfast. And it totally worked. <laughs> Now, I just just to put it out there, are are you a doctor? <laughs> I've, so there's anybody listening. Don't I mean you should consult don't your do physician. This. Do what you is don't best for this. you, just because something worked for someone else. No, don't do it. Don't don't get into. Don't just stop eating breakfast. But, or, or unless you need to, in which case, do. I mean, consult I, your physician yeah. and do what they tell you, and not me. But um, so and you are still generally. So it sounds like we have nowhere to go with this let's talk about Huel what the fuck is that oh, is this, man, is this so advanced Soylent is this Soylent 7.0 <laughs> so as, as Johnny knows but the rest of the listenership doesn't um, Warren has been on has been using Soylent for a long time because both of us kind of have not always been so great about meals and remembering to feed ourselves so um Warren got into the Soylent I never could get into the plain Soylent and so I drank it for a while and it's just too sweet and I don't know I just wouldn't feel the Soylent anymore I didn't like all the plastic bottles it made me feel bad about the environment so um but I was like obviously I don't want to cook or make real food ever because who wants to do that so I was like, oh, this one is oat-based, and I was missing the oatmeal, so I was like, oh, I'll try this. You did have a large, a, a strong preference for oats, it sounded like. so. I do. I, lo- I, lo- I love oatmeal. So um, so I was like, oh, I'll, try out, I'll try out this tool. And it's just been very, very convenient because it's just really easy to tell how much you're eating because it tells you right on the package. It's right there. It's like, oh, I, this scoop is 200 calories, so ta-da. I'll just eat my horrible scoops, and then... Um, I'll have a sense, as they used to say in the old Slim Fast commercials, a sensible dinner made of real food. And, you know, that'll just be my life and it'll be great. So I, I don't know if I necessarily recommend it. Again, I'm not a doctor, although my brother-in-law did start using it and he's really into it now. Whenever we text, he's like, hey, Huel again. All right. Great. That's very good. <laughs> but he's, he's very into the Huel. 
I don't know. It's it's embarrassing because it is one of those like you know I saw this on. It's like something that I don't know. People who are really into Reddit. Or I was going to say I know I knew Reddit. I saw this on Reddit. Was going to follow that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like this was advertised to me on Reddit, and I was like, oh, I don't like leaving my room or interacting with other people or doing things. So I'll just put this horrible sludge in this cup, and I'll be fine. And that it it does work for me because I am incredibly ADD and do forget to like eat and make meals. Except for my daughter, I do feed my child. I'm glad to hear that. And I also, I feel like as far as a woman goes on Reddit and just does whatever the men there tell her to, <laughs> this is like as good as that has ever gone. <laughs> no, I also live my life according to the philosophy uh, of now, the Reddit. I'm just going to cut this off. That segment's over. <laughs> um, uh, so, but in, in the end, we would, both, we would mostly call this uh, oat. Oat-based soylent, that's basically what yes. we're talking about here. Yes, it's the same is, sort of concept, same sort of, yes. here's, you know, a certain percentage of your nutrients. But now we are uh, uh, very oat-based. Does it taste like oat milk? I don't know. It just tastes, I mean, I think most people would say it tastes like garbage, but I'm, I have very weird tastes. So it's it's fine to me. It kind of tastes sweet-ish. It just tastes like a smooth, like a vanilla smoothie. Well, that sounds good. The chocolate one is disgusting. Don't get the chocolate one. But the, the vanilla one just tastes like it's just like a like a. Because I also kind of enjoy again, I have weird taste. I kind of enjoy the like chalky aspect of my protein powder. <laughs> Someone is throwing up their hands in disgust, I'm sure. Um, I really, I really wish that I were like the sort of, you know, earth mother person who could be like yes and i've been i have my own sourdough starter and i make my own kombucha and i cook all of my meals from scratch and here's my grain bowl or whatever but i just kind of want the adult equivalent of formula so that i don't have to cook or worry about any of that shit because that's just not it's not a it's not a strong suit that is like i have had phases on and off i recently until this stuff happened i actually had been on uh doing soylent for you breakfast every day and then lunch probably four days a week um but now with this now i'm home it seems inexcusable to say it's just impossible for me to do anything but <laughs> open the bottle of soylent and drink it so i have not i am out of soylent i have not replenished but um this does sound intriguing do you just add do you just add water to it or do you have to add anything else when you make it it depends. I think some people try to make it taste better for them by adding other stuff. You can make it with milk or oat milk or whatever. Um, they sell little like flavor add-in packets. I've never bought them. They sent me some as a subscriber. You know, they open uh, in occasionally, and I've never tried them because I just don't care. I'm like a robot. Just give me the fuel. Especially if you like what you're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally why it's called fuel. It's human fuel. Fuel. Ugh. Well, no, I'm anyway. not going to try it. Never mind. No, no, you don't. Fuel. Come I, on, guys. No, so I just I put anything else in it usually. Sometimes I'll put in like like some some whey protein or pea protein or whatever. You're concerned it's not going to taste gritty enough for you? <laughs> going to need that grit in this one. No, I just wanted to like, I was worried about my macros at the time. So I got to boost my protein. Sure. Yeah, I got whey protein in there. I get the Mark Wahlberg brand from Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee is a local, not a local, it's like a Midwestern grocery store. I know you know this. This is for the rest of the listeners who might not know what Hy-Vee is. There's a lot of them in Iowa. There's this grocery store chain. So they have they have one in Springfield that's like two blocks from my house. And for some reason, they have like a brand partnership with Mark Wahlberg that seems to be incredibly intense because you go in there and there'll be like this little in the supplement section, there's like this little flat screen TV and it just shows these little like video clips of him working out and then selling his own brand of protein powder that they sell there. And sometimes there'll be like a cardboard cutout of him like with his arms folded. And this uh, grocery store has a little like restaurant attached to it that used to be called the Hy-Vee Market Grill. And I guess for, even before COVID, they must have been having some troubles. So now they had plans to replace the Market Grill with a Wahlburgers. I think those plans must be on hold because of COVID. But so I feel like the the tie, whatever ties there are between this Midwestern grocery store chain and Mark Wahlberg, they run deep. They run strong. Springfield, Illinois Wahlburgers is <laughs> insane. How many Wahlburgers must there be? 
I thought there was like 25 Wahlburgers, but now there's going to be one in Springfield. That means that... The flagship Wahlburgers. They're moving in here. Like, there's one at the Mall of America. And I'll tell you, our entire metro area is inundated with bus ads and shit like that. With his stupid potato face and four other people standing next to each other. I guess they're his brothers. And they just look like idiots. Dad haircut? I feel like if I talk to someone on the street... Which I would never do, even in a good day. But if I did, and I was like, who's just like an actor you like, just cold? And they said Mark Wahlberg. I would know they were an idiot. Like, that's one of the worst answers you could give. And somehow he's the restaurant magnate of our day. And the and the protein powder and all these all the little clips of him working out. And it just, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the, the old Marky Mark workout video that he did I in know. the early 90s. You can find you can find it on YouTube, and it's it's so gross because it'll be him. You know, he'll be like doing curls or whatever between these like spandex-clad beauties, and just saying like like creepy, sort of misogynistic shit. <laughs> like, yeah, she looks good lifting that. She looks good doing that. Cool. This like super thick Boston accent, and every once in a while he'll just go pow. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to make that like like his catchphrase or whatever. Pow! So he'll be you know doing the reps. You know, All right, and now you're gonna be super strong. Pow! And then it goes on to like the next segment with different spandex-clad beauties. Be honest. When's the last time you watched this? Oh man, probably probably been a couple of years. A couple of years, but, okay. But but uh, I'm definitely gonna watch it as soon as I- this conversation. Over. I was gonna say, been a couple years. I feel like we just reset that clock. So there's something to look forward. Now, now, ten seconds from now, I'm gonna get the cut it video video chat message from Bab saying, "You gotta get me off of this shit. I'm done." Wow. Um, I have one segment left before plugs, and it is a newly recurring segment in which I do not talk about a video game that I have played, but instead. <laughs> The guest talks about a video game they have not played. Babs, tell me what you know about Animal Crossing. I already told everything I know about Animal Crossing is exactly the same as what Paul Bubba Whitehair knows about Animal Crossing, which is that I come across things about it on the internet, and I don't read them because it doesn't apply to my life. And it looks like you can make your own avatars. And I feel like Animal Crossing has existed since I was in undergrad in some form or another because I definitely had a friend who played a shit ton of Animal Crossing in, like, 2003, I feel like. Maybe it was Animal Ball. Maybe it wasn't Animal Crossing at all. All this time, I have assumed that this was the same game that my friend was playing in college, and now I'm realizing that maybe it was. Was it Super Monkey Ball? Were they, was, oh were they God, a monkey in a ball? Much. I think it was Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> That's Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, I figured, I cracked the code there when you said ball. Super Monkey Ball is very different than Animal Crossing. I swear to God, some kind of Animal Crossing game has existed for a very long time. Am I wrong? Now, in general, I'm I'm not here to answer questions. I'm going Pat Polk on your ass. I'm looking this up. But but I will say, I believe the first one was on GameCube, so your time frame is is right on. So I would think there were probably Animal Crossing games in like 2001. I guess something like that. Yeah, I, I was an undergrad then. So, oh yeah, since its initial release in two thousand one. Oh, pretty good. I got it. You, you have the camera. I'm not looking anything up over here. So, it, so it must have been. Uh, it must have been that he played Super Monkey Ball in Animal Crossing. Or he hacked his Animal Crossing <laughs> and played as the Super Monkey in the ball. I always assume that, in addition to the avatar element of Animal Crossing, that there was a so, ball. Yeah, you were watching <laughs> Animal Crossing, and you were like, "This shit is so boring. There must be some other aspect to it." And then oh, later, yeah. you saw him playing Super Monkey Ball, and you're like, "This part looks fucking cool. This must be right. the game." Exactly. So once you make your little animal avatar, you like put them in a ball and shoot them to other people's islands, and that's how you get around in Animal Crossing. I'm not okay. Now here, I'm really going to not answer your questions, but I will say you're not so far off. There are certain things you're saying that are close to things that happen in the game. I want to know, what do you th- when you turn Animal Crossing on and you push start to play or whatever, what do you do? What? What do you think happens? I think it probably gives you an option to either go to build your, like, island or Minecraft house or whatever, or it gives you an option to, like... There's probably a settings area where you can make a new avatar. But most of the time, I think you're probably going to go to your little island area. And then I imagine that the island thing looks kind of like 
when you're going between levels in like Super Mario Brothers 3. Is that the one where it's like a little map? You have a map, yeah. Okay, yeah, so there's a map in, in Super Mario 3. And so I imagine that it's just kind of like that, except with your little friends islands. There's probably some other setting screen where you find people that you know. So, and then you just, then I assume it's kind of like Minecraft, which I also know nothing about, where you just like move little blocks around and make your island pretty. And there there must be something you have to do to like earn the ability to make, like trick your island out and like earn, you know, a little aquarium that you can put over here or, or some new kind of plant. Uh, so that's what I figured, like, like, do you, were you around when I was playing that tiny tower game all the time? I am familiar with the Tiny Tower game, but I do not specifically remember you playing it. Okay, yeah. So I assume it's kind of like Tiny Tower, but with little like animals and you can talk to your friends. This is a pretty good answer. I will say that it is, <laughs> if anyone out there, I know some of us are playing the game. Some of the features you have mentioned are, it's very funny you mentioned them because they are so obviously things you would want, but completely impossible to do in the game. Such as uh, make a new person or a new island, or <laughs> oh, you can't make one. You can't make them. You just go to them. No, no, no. You can make one, and then you can never oh. make another one. No, unless what? unless you like delete your game and start over. <laughs> I, maybe they don't want people like abusing. It's it. exactly that, but it's also just absurd. And then when people share this share a console, they can, only one person can play. But what if you don't, what if you like get to a point in your island and you're like, shit, I really don't like this. I think you can delete it and start the game over completely. But I have to delete my little person but, too. And yeah, yeah everything's gone and people do not like that. Oh man, see, I need a video game that's less like real life. Yeah. That's too real for me. I want, I want it to be able where I can just like wipe the slate clean, man. But, but also like keep everything I learned. Um, also the suggestion that there would just be a page you go to, to find your friends. Absurd. Everything involving Nintendo Online is always a nightmare, and it always involves insanity friend codes that you have to send each other. <laughs> it's awful. But so you have described the things that are in the game pretty accurately, and then you just assume some quality of life improvements that Nintendo refuses to implement. So this is honestly a pretty good description. I feel good about that. I feel good about that. I was hoping I could run this segment longer. And that I could, like, not on this episode, but I could continue to ask people and I would get wilder and wilder answers. But as, as soon as I pressed you at all, you were basically on point with what happened. I mean, you, 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 it's not it's not Minecraft levels, certainly, but there is some uh, crafting elements. It's uh, all DIY recipes. It's all very cute and fun. I guess, really, that's the one thing you missed is that overwhelmingly, and you probably do know this, the game is just like a cuteness factor. And mm. it just continually provides you with cute things and so like if you describe the word the game in one word or why you like the game in one word it would probably be cute I could, that would be nice it would be nice to have it's very a, fun. Cute, a cute factory like that hanging around that I didn't have no. to like feed and yeah. teach to be a human being I was going to say you do have a daughter and two cats so perhaps you are not the most in need <laughs> of like something to come into your home and produce cuteness at all times <laughs> perhaps you already have things that produce adequate amounts of cuteness and this would be uh, over overload. That's true. It might be too much for one person. Um, I believe that was our final segment. Babs, do you, you have anything you'd like to plug? Wait, I thought you were going to ask me some, like, I thought we were going to, like, start some shit and get into some, like, belligerent questioning. You're not going to ask me what's the worst thing I've ever done. What's no. my, like, mild regret? You're not going to ask me, like... Oh, no, I do. I do have some beef with you. Um, oh, no, I, will... I don't have beef with Johnny listed on my agenda here. Well, so I don't you know, see how we can talk about that. Here's, here, I'm plugging. Then I, when I'm, I was originally, you know what I was going to plug? <laughs> You're going to plug something you don't like about me that you want people to notice? Plug, I'm going to plug some beef with Johnny. Okay, that's right. Um, I just want to throw out there that in your discussion in the last episode of the best hair. Now, I've already hair. been made aware of this. And what you're about to say I, you were 100% correct, and I, this should be raised on the podcast, yes. Yeah, so Warren and Paul forgot that Warren is in the, or not Warren and Paul, you and Paul, whoever it was who was having this conversation, forgot about that, that Warren is in the extended podcast universe, and he has amazing hair. 
Yeah, not because we're married. It's a it's a fact. As as far as that head of hair goes, it was a complete oversight. Um, I I I said before, I just grabbed the WhatsApp chain for the fantasy football league and was scrolling through to like get a list and be like, okay, who who should I mention as far as Warren is not in that group, and so he didn't come up. I'm not going to say who I would bump in favor of Warren because that seems mean spirited in in retrospect because. Everybody already got to enjoy their moment in the sun hearing about how they were top three. So we'll just say top four. Warren's in there. Warren might be number one. It's a beautiful head of hair. He's doing very well for himself. And by uh, whatever that word you'd say there, you're doing well too. Extension? By extension. There you go. Definitely. Well, yeah. No. My hair is growing out, which is fun with a a very short haircut having it grow out. It's funny because it's like my hair gets kind of like puffy. So I look like a Lego man a lot of, like, one of those <laughs> style ones that has a sort of like I'm not good at screenshot, but as soon as you say that, I was like, I can see Lego man, yeah. <laughs> like Lego man with little wings. So <laughs> I look I look forward to going back to the office in June before I can get in to get my hair cut and just looking. Maybe by then it'll grow out to be kinda of like a like the mom and Brady bunch kind of a shag. That'd be fun. I could see that working for you. Or like a mullet. I could look with a mullet very briefly. Are you a full-on team, I will never cut my own hair? Yes, because I used to cut my own hair in college, and I didn't do a good job. And it felt like I did at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Because at the time, I was, you know, this, like, this, like, indie rocker little hipster, and all my clothes came from thrift stores, and... Like, so it was just part of my whole aesthetic that I would like just cut my hair in the dorm common bathroom with a razor and it looked okay enough. It, it definitely fit with everything else I was doing at the time. <laughs> so, but those days are over now. You know, now I'm fitter, happier, more productive, comfortable, not drinking at all, etc. I so, don't even believe most of those, but okay. <laughs> It's actually every time I I don't listen to a lot of Radiohead anymore. But every, if I ever happen to if I ever let that play long enough, I start feeling really guilty at how many of those things like apply to me. Oh right, yeah. So you guys <laughs> hit the nail on the head with this one. Market, huh? Tires that grip in the wet. Shot of baby in backseat. So, <laughs> I'm listening to this in my Volvo. <laughs> yeah, bad times. So I, one of my things to plug is don't do that. Uh, but no, what I was going to plug before Beef with Johnny was um, beads. Beans? Beads. Prefer beans, but I'll allow beads. Beads. So um, for the parents out there, I don't know how old the children in the Sauce Talk universe are, but I feel like they're all roughly Jane's age, maybe a little bit older. Um, so one of the things that has been really great for her during this time of quarantine is I bought a bunch of like random beads from Target and Michael's for the five seconds it was open before we were all locked down. And so we just have this tray and all these little containers. And so she can just spend a lot of time sorting through the beads, sorting them by color, sorting them by shape. Some of them are animals. And then she like takes them and plays with them and like constructs these elaborate little worlds with the animal beads. Um, So it's really good if you need your child to just be quiet for like 20 minutes. I don't know if anybody else can get their three-year-olds to be quieter, quiet for longer than like 20 or 30 minutes. But Jane is very, very active and very intense. So, but the beads, so I can actually like get some work done when she's working on the beads. And it's great too, because she calls them her work. Like, yeah, I can do some work. Okay, I'll do my work. And just sit down and plays with the beads. But then it's also very therapeutic as an adult to sort the beads. And in a time when everything is so uncertain and out of control, you can just focus on your bead tray. You're like, okay, I'm going to clean up these beads. And then spend some time. I'm going to put all the pink and gray ones together and all the silver ones and make like a little, really satisfying little like color groupings. So I, I recommend that it can be, it feels, it can feel very therapeutic and I'm not alone in this because I was on a Google hangout with a bunch of my friends from college, one of whom is a cardiologist. So he's a smart guy. And I mentioned the bead thing. He's like, oh yeah, I do that with my daughter's beads all the time. So I was like, yes, a very smart person also does the bead thing. So I'm not crazy. Everyone should try sorting beads or another little object like that. It sounds really great. I have, uh, gotten to where I really like to have like things that only take a small percentage of my focus and then also like have a podcast on is like often more fun for me than watching a movie and focusing on it and so it 
little tasks like this, like I've, I've done this with puzzles. I also have a golf video game that is very simple that I will just play with the podcast on. I don't need the sound on or anything. Animal Crossing is a serious adventure. Have to have the music on so I can understand. Um, but uh, this bead sorting thing sounds great. I feel like I could just dump a bunch of beads on the floor, put my podcast on, and just get to work. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Good. Yeah, it's 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 relaxing. And then when you're done, you've got all these really nice, neat little beads. And then the next day, if you're me, your child can have a great time just immediately pouring all of them out and mixing them all up again and then sorting them yourself. I feel like this is also the sort of thing like a child psychologist would say is like deeply, deeply uh, beneficial to just like tell your child it's time to go to work and then make them work on a project. I mean, like instilling these values in them at a young age seems like perhaps literally the most helpful thing you could do for them as they grow older. It's it's kind of a Montessori thing to call basically whatever children are like concentrating on the time at the time work. Like my mom um, was a Montessori teacher for like 25 years. So... She started after I was little, like she didn't start until I was like 10 or 11 or something. So none of these techniques were used on me, of course. But in the intervening years, I've learned a lot about the work. And so I think Jane's daycare, it's not strictly Montessori, but they, they incorporate a lot of Montessori like ideas and techniques. And so one of the ones that they do is, oh, we're this, you know, she's doing her work. Don't interrupt her. She's cutting yarn with yeah. scissors yeah. and that's her work. She also really enjoys cutting yarn with scissors and running tape back and forth through the house. Good times. We do a lot of interesting work here. <laughs> the the, the production of the Jane Factory is very mixed, <laughs> very questionable. Really, ought to be switching to ventilators or masks or something. But I guess this is fun. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if I want to put my life in, uh, stake my life on a an N95 mask made by three year old. This is an N a million. You're gonna love it. Just put it on, mommy. Let's go out. It's like a scrap of, cons- it's, you know, it's a paper plate covered in googly eyes. And she cut some holes in it so you can breathe better. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Jane 95 mask. Jane, I, me, I like that. Hit one. me up if you want one of those, guys. We've got plenty. <laughs> $17 a piece. <laughs> Babs, you've been a wonderful guest. This podcast is going to be released. What an accomplishment. Yay! Yay, Warren's going to be so proud of me. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. I had an excellent time. Best wishes in the interview.